Cool. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here with you guys today. Um, my name is Tim. If I haven't met you before, I'm just going to give not very long, don't worry, short, nice and short Christmas message, um, just kind of to start our day uh, focusing on Christ as we sing. And we're just going to read some of his word from Matthew and um, just sort of just relive some of this Christmas story and the significance of what we celebrate today. But before we start, um, I just want you to turn to someone next to you. If you've had a kid this year or you're expecting a kid, you probably get an advantage with this, I'm guessing. But for everybody else, you can still participate. What were the most popular boy and girl baby names in Australia in 2018? I'll give you like 30 seconds. Have a guess. See if you can get it right with someone next to you. Okay, um, if you have a look, I've got the top seven or eight, I think. So, so Oliver, everybody likes Oliver and Charlotte. You might have got one of the other ones, William, Olivia, Jack, Ava, Noah, Amelia, Thomas, Mia, James, Isla, Lucas, Grace... There's actually like a full document McCrindle Research did. If you want to like research, if you're into stats or something, you can research it later on. Um, but yeah, boy, most probably boy named Oliver. Supposedly since 2014, it's been the top every year. So we're saying we're, we're, teachers are going to start to notice Oliver's everywhere soon. In a couple of years, they're just going to be all over the place. And I wonder if you can guess what those names mean. Does anyone, some of them shouldn't be too hard. Let's give you a chance to think quickly. Oliver, Charlotte. This is what they mean. Oliver is olive tree. Charlotte means free man. So I think it's sort of French sort of background. But I don't know. I, I, I get the vibe most of the time today, these sort of days we're naming kids, we don't necessarily think that much about the meaning of the name. We kind of look for names that are cool, um, that kind of maybe are popular or maybe they're not popular. They're kind of niche or they're just like maybe they have some personal significance. But it seems like probably most common, most of the time, that the, the meaning of the name is not necessarily that significant. There's sort of lots of names that, that, that may not be a priority. But in Jewish culture, Hebrew culture, throughout the Bible particularly, we see the meaning of someone's name is incredibly significant. That their name often actually links to their calling, their destiny, what God has placed them here for. And so much so that even when something shifts around that, their name might even change. Um, there's stories of that happening from Saul to Paul, Abram to Abraham. God might change someone's name because this, the trajectory of their life has changed or something's a bit different. The name is incredibly significant. So what we want to do today is look at Matthew chapter 1 from verse 18, just to the end of the chapter. And this is where Jesus um, is named in the Gospel of Matthew. And it's interesting because he's given two names. And their meanings are incredibly significant. So what I want to do is just spend a little bit of time today looking at the meaning of Jesus' name and, and having us think about, well, if Jesus is who he says he is, then his call and his name is so important and actually links to us and our core needs. So we want to look at what his name means and how it links to us and who we are. So if you want to follow along in your Bible, you can. Otherwise, I'll have it up on the screen. And we're going from Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Interesting, some, some people say probably the original translation didn't actually say Jesus then. It was just Messiah. This is the birth or even 
That word is Genesis. This is the Genesis. This is the origin of the Messiah, the Christ. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Again, we've talked about this, that Jesus' mother is Mary. His legal father is Joseph, but not his, Joseph is not his biological father. It's through the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Again, Jewish culture, they were in this period where they're not fully married, but they're betrothed or kind of like a, quite a strong type of engagement where to break it off required a divorce. So this is a very significant um, cultural process of getting married. And Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and thinks, well, we can't get married now. And, and he could have put her to public shame, but he decides he's just going to divorce her. He's going to try and keep it private. But then an angel speaks to Joseph. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Interesting, the angel reminds David that he's linked to Joseph, that reminds Joseph that he's linked to David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And while Matthew's writing is emphasizing this baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Again, Jesus' name is significant. His name Jesus. And even Matthew writes here an explanation why. Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua. Now I'm just giving you a little bit of language. I'm not like a Hebrew professor or anything, but this is just from something I read. But Yeshua, and it's linked to a longer word, Yehoshua, which is actually similar to Joshua. Jesus and Joshua are very similar names. And the way we get to Jesus, I think it's basically like Yehoshua, Yeshua, it kind of just gets shortened. Yeshua, Yeshu, then gets translated to Jesus, which is, it not gets translated to Greek, which is Jesus, and then you translate that to English, Jesus. So it's kind of just like a slow sort of shortening, and, and through translation we end up with Jesus. But Yeshua, Yehoshua, is a Hebrew name, and it, and it literally means Yahweh help, or God save. Or then it became to know as God saves. It's a, it's a cry for God to save and it's a declaration that God saves. It could even be just shortened to salvation. So that's actually what Jesus' name means. It, that he's named, his name is God saves. His name is Yahweh saves. This is incredibly significant. And there's this interesting play that Matthew's doing that when we understand that the name Jesus means God saves, he's doing something really interesting. This is how one commentator translates the verse we just read, if you, if you swap out the name. You will give him the name God save because he himself will save people from their sins. And it's this interesting sort of almost like a pun or a play on words. It's like who saves? God saves because he himself, Jesus, will save people from their sins. Do, do you see what he's doing? It's like does God save? Or does Jesus say? His name's God saves, but it's saying that he will save. And it's that God is working in Jesus, and that Jesus, though human, is God here to save. That his name, when we cry out Jesus, we're saying, God save, God save, salvation is of the Lord. I found out this, this awesome thing yesterday called the Hebrew, it's not Hebrew, it's like, it starts with H. Sorry, I'm pretty tired today, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> up late last night. Um, I was actually reading this, this translation of the Bible I found last night, which is awesome. It's the Hawaiian Pigeon English translation of the Bible. And I've got a few, I've got a, <laughs> I was pretty, pretty tired. I've got a few different verses. And what I want to do today is just, just take some verses that we just read in English and we kind of maybe, especially Christmas, they just kind of wash over. We're like, yeah, we've heard that. And read it in a different translation in actually a different language, but in language that we can probably understand um, to a degree. This is how the Hebrew, not Hebrew, Hawaiian <laughs> pigeon translation of this verse says this. She's going to born one boy and you're going to name him Jesus because he's going to take his people out of the bad kind of stuff they do. And I think I, I, I've been just enjoying reading this so much because it's like simple and gets to the point. What is this actually saying? And, it's, and that's who Jesus is. He's God saves. He's come to save people out of the bad kind of stuff they do. And that's actually our need. That Jesus has come to save, and, and what is the need that he's meeting? Sometimes we might think, well, what, what is our core need? What do we really need in life? Especially around Christmas, it's easy to start to think we just need more stuff, or we need more money, or maybe we need uh, a family, or we, maybe we need more relationships, or maybe we're looking for a spouse or, or, or something. And not that those things are bad, but we say in Jesus, our core need is actually at our heart for forgiveness of sin, that actually we've done bad kind of stuff. And that idea of sin is just that we have failed, that actually we're not just an accident of kind of that's just come up out of nowhere. We're actually people made in the image of God, designed to know his love and reflect his love perfectly back to him and perfectly to all creation, to people of love and self-giving love and sacrifice like he is, and we've failed. In many ways, we fail that bad. Not just doing bad kind of stuff at a heart level. We're not people who love and give, but often people who take and hoard or who are selfish. And actually this issue has kind of turned us in on ourselves and actually disconnected us from God. And the way out is forgiveness. He can actually cleanse us and wash us and forgive us. And Jesus, God saves, lives to do that, to reveal God and to come to save through forgiveness of sins. And at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, this is fulfilled. Jesus has this meal with his friends. And it says they took a cup. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. God saves comes ultimately to die and shed his blood so that we can be forgiven, that our main issues in our heart, that we can be forgiven and we can have a new life in him. So Yeshua Jesus is God saves. Matthew keeps going and he gets another name. Jesus gets another name. This is verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. This is in Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Again, this is from Isaiah chapter 7. This is prophecy looking for a person coming, a child coming that kind of never really came and it can't turn into this prophecy of looking for the chosen one, the Messiah who would come and be with his people. And Emmanuel, again, basically means with us, God. There's actually, um, it could even be translated the, with us, the God or the with us God. God is the God who's with us. He comes to be with us. And that's again, Jesus' name that he comes. And it's interesting play again. Who's with us? 
And like God is with us through Jesus in that he sent his son. But in some sense, God is actually present in Jesus, that Jesus is a human child, but he's also God in the flesh. God has actually become a human and is with us, fully human, fully God with us and present with us. This is the Hawaiian pigeon translation. Emmanuel stay mean, God stay here now with us guys. And it's so good. Like God is going to stay here with us. He's here. He's committed to his people. He's here to save and he's here to be with us. And again, we see this fulfilled at the story of Matthew at the end. At the end of the story, the last line, Jesus finishes with, with surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age, that he's come to be with us. And even when he's gone, he sent his spirit to be with us forever. And this, again, is meeting our core need, which is actually for the presence of God. We're actually designed to be his image bearers who reflect him, but not like separate from him. We're actually designed to live in his presence continually, all the time, surrounded by his self-giving, life-giving love. That's actually how life is intended to be, not disconnected, not isolated, not lonely, but full of presence, God's power and presence and love. And we say in Jesus, Jesus is God with us, and he comes to meet that need of his presence. And primarily through actually dealing with the issue that actually the issue is our sin. That's what blocks us from this presence because God is this perfect God of love and he is holy like we sung about and we have failed and we have fallen short. But he comes, he sheds his blood to give us forgiveness of sins so that we can be with him in his presence forever. And that starts now when we believe him. He comes to us by his spirit and we get to live life with Jesus, the risen Jesus. And we look to one day when that will come in fullness and God's presence will fill the entire earth and renew the entire creation and we will be with him forever. That's actually who he is. He is God saves, God with us. That's his name. That's what it means. It's incredibly significant. And this, then we finish the chapter, it says, when Joseph woke up, so this is the angel speaking to Joseph, Joseph woke up and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded, took Mary home as, as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. That this actually happened. And we've been talking about Advent the last couple of weeks. Like this was what the people of God, the Israelites have been waiting for, waiting and waiting thousands of years. And it happened. God saves, God with us came like he promised. He fulfilled it. The new covenant, forgiveness of sins, God's presence. And now time goes so quickly. Now we're 2,000 years later. And this message is going out into all the world. And the idea is that as many people as possible, God wants all people to come to him, to believe him, and to experience him. And we see this right at the end of the, of the Gospel of Matthew, that this, this, this idea is that this message now is to go to all people, all nations. So much so that it gets translated into Hawaiian pidgin English, and it gets translated into all these different languages, that people can know this God saves, this God with us. And I was thinking... I don't know how you guys went. I think a lot of you have been tracking my Christmas preparation and realized this hasn't been very good. That's why I'm so tired. That it's been last minute. And it's kind of like that with Christmas. You might feel like that this year. Maybe, maybe you were really organized. You were really ready. 
and, and you're like, oh, good, I'm ready for Christmas. It's great. I can just sit back. All these other people, they're, they're not very smart. They're just like left it till late night, like just to get it done at 1.30 in the morning. And, um, but, but at the same time, maybe you're like that. You're kind of like, well, I thought I had more time, and then it came so quickly. And, and stuff happens like that, isn't it? Sometimes we think something's so far away, but you get there, and you're like, that happened so fast. Like, the time just disappeared. And it's the same. Like, like that's just one Christmas. But all of history is leading. God has been fulfilling his promise. It's all heading towards this time when Jesus will return. He will actually deal with sin once and for all. He will renew his creation, and that will come quickly. It will come sooner than we think. There's a need for patience. There's a need to wait. But when it happens, we'll be like, whoa, that was, that was quick. That was faster than I thought. That there's actually, that's the hope that we have. And we don't just wait for that. We wait in anticipation, but now we serve him, we live with him, and we go and share this message with others. I'll finish with this, Matthew 28 in the Pigeon English Bible. So you guys, you go all over the world and teach all the different peoples so they can learn about me and come my guys. Baptize them, and they're going to come tight with my father and me, his boy, and God's good and special spirit. Teach them how to do everything that I when tell you guys to do. And you know what? I'm going to stick with you guys all the way to the world go pow. And it's like, that's so good. So we're going to sing to Jesus to finish. If you guys want to jump back up. And if this is, if this is um, yeah, I invite you to stand up. We're going to, we're going to sing together to finish. And if, and if this is, you believe this, then today is just a day of joy and celebration and anticipation. And if this is all new for you, I encourage you, today's a great day to think through who Jesus is and to maybe even choose to believe and trust Him. God saves God with us. So let's pray and then we'll sing. Father, thank You for Your goodness and Your grace and Your love and that You fulfill Your promises. Thank You that You sent God saves. You sent God with us, Jesus, Emmanuel. And You are present with us now. And we get to worship You and celebrate with You today. And we just ask, God, that, that you would be lifted high by our lives and more and more people, more and more languages, more and more cultures all over the world would know your goodness that God saves and hears with us. We pray this in your name. Amen.